I remember the uh, Wednesday evening that I came to do the uh, church interview. Any of you remember that? Um, Some of you are like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. We did that? Um, Yeah, that night, uh, I I tell you what, those are not enjoyable times. Stand and sit up here in front of 400 people and you you don't know what's coming and, and, uh, but I remember that night I uh, was able to just share a scripture with you um, as I thought about what does it mean to, you know, what are the, one of the first things I want to communicate um, as a pastor. And I'm always drawn back to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, we are God's handiwork. Um, this word is poemo. It's poem, work of art, the the you know uh, um, the grand thing God's doing. We are we are that. We are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus, and as a pastor, to provide a a place where that masterpiece can continue to be crafted and developed and and uh, structured. It's in Christ Jesus. But the purpose of this masterpiece is to do what? To do good works. To do good works. That's what the whole purpose of what God is doing in our lives is about. Just as Jesus came and lived, and, but it was to serve and give himself to others. He calls his people, his followers, to live a life that is loving God, absolutely with all that we are, mind, soul, body, strength, but then love our neighbor as ourself. And that love is lived out in service. I, uh, I've spent some time thinking about uh, what I want to do this month. And um, we spend a lot of resources, time, and energy in this one word, service. Because we truly believe that part of our mission or at core at our mission, as Jesus has called us, is to love our world and that means to serve our world. Listen to what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says. The church is the church only when it exists for others. N.T. Wright, I, I've had fun with uh, some of this stuff this week. N.T. Wright, a voice that I, I have a lot of respect for, says this, the church exists for what we sometimes call mission, to announce to the world that Jesus is its Lord. John MacArthur would word it this way, the church exists for the sake of the world. The ultimate goal of all ministry is to reach others for Christ. Our purpose statement, our mission statement reads like this, right? Our, 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 uh, our purpose is to, I've, bold, I've capped the words, help people, help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus' final words indicate that the church is a church that's always on mission, mission, living, proclaiming, teaching, serving, and sharing the life and the love of Jesus. Alan Hirsch, when the church is in mission, it is the true church. And so I get that we get this, but you know, I wanted to spend a month 
just thinking about this. What does it mean? What does it look like? What are we doing? And also, hopefully, in this month, giving you an opportunity to think about how am I involved in the mission of this church? How am I participating? You see, these next four weeks, it's going to be a little different, as you probably can tell. But I want to teach a little bit, sprinkled throughout, giving exposure to the ministries that we do have going on. And I want to just sit down on the two things, the two ways to understand serve in the scriptures. It's in these two ways. One, it's the imagery of the body. When we think about the church and serving and working together and on mission, Paul introduces us to this imagery of how the body works together. And out of that, he shows us uh, how the church is supposed to function just as a body functions. So I wanna spend some time thinking about that, looking at what he says. But also, in that same stream of, or flowing out of this is what it looks like, this is how it happens, it's the reality of spiritual gifts. And the scriptures teach us that there is this, this um, I don't wanna know phenomenon, that might be a strong word, but this reality of the fact that Jesus, as he is calling us into his church, as he's forming us into his church, as we are being his church, that he has gifted each and every one of us to provide some kind of support, encouragement, and structure, and help to that body, the church that is his. And so I wanna look through these next four weeks at what do those things mean? The imagery of the body and the reality of spiritual gifts. This series, this series really is meant to help us come to face to face with the mission of the church, which is service. It's one of our core values. If our core values are worship, connect, that third one is serve. We believe it works this way. We serve one another in order that we may then together serve the world. First in the church, then overflowing into the world. And so I just thought it was important that we spend some time thinking about, considering, what does it mean when we say that our core value is serve? What does it mean when we talk about this word serve? How does it look like? And so each week, we're gonna take some of our ministries and we're just gonna put a, a, a camera lens on them and we're gonna focus in a little bit more and, and help you to just get some exposure. Maybe some of you, this is old hat. Maybe some of you, you don't know what goes on. Maybe you like drop your kids off and you have no idea what goes on. You just trust us, I don't know. But we wanna try to give you an inside look at what our ministries are all about. So we're gonna start this week by looking at uh, the specific department in our church called NAPNAS Kids. And so I'm gonna invite Janae and um, Carol to come forward at this time. And uh, they're really happy with me about having to do this. They are absolutely thrilled. I'm sure in their evaluation, they're gonna ask for more of this time. But um, we, want, we want for them to just kind of pull back the curtain a little bit for you to understand what it is we do when we take time, resources, energy, and put it all behind this thing we call NAPNAS Kids. And so guys, um, introduce yourselves and, and share a little bit. Carol? Hi, 
It's true, I would be a lot more comfortable if you were all a little younger, but, but we'll make this work. Um, just to let you know a little bit about me, I started in the church here at, um, in 2001 as the church secretary, and I truly believe that God had his hand in that. We had just done a sermon on the prayer of Jabez, and I started praying that God would expand my territories, and then I was approached about being secretary here. I was a stay-at-home mom, four kids. Um, I had my degree in elementary education, but I thought, okay, I'm ready to do something, so I came on staff here. So fast forward a few years, and I have a very distinct memory of a certain morning here. At that time, we had Sunday school for the kids, first hour, and second hour, they just came into big church with their parents. So we were sitting there, we had our four kids with us, and I looked over, and my son Kyle was on my husband's lap. And he looked at me, and he said, Mom, I'm bored. I'm like, well, just, just hang in there, it's almost over, you know. Mom, this is so boring. So that started some conversations. I thought, I don't want church to be a place that is boring for kids. That is not the impression that I want them to go away with. So conversations were started, and I transitioned over into becoming the children's director in 2005. So we started that, the church was growing, um, new ministries were starting, um, it was great. We, we got the chance to, to teach kids not only the Bible stories, but we got to tell them how that applies to their life, um, ways they can use that to face things that they're going through. It's not just a story of David killing Goliath. It's the story of you facing your challenges and your fears. Um, so we had a lot of fun. And like I said, we grew. Um, I believe there is a lot of value in kids being in big church, which is why we started Fifth Sundays. Um, we have family service here. But every week, the kids were bored. So um, starting children, Children's Church, second hour, was a, a great thing for them. So fast forward now seven years. It is now 2012. Ministries have grown. We've started new things. Another conversation was started with me saying, yeah, I'm getting a little overwhelmed. There's, there's a lot of kids. There's a lot to do. We need some help. So Pastor Dave thought about it, prayed about it for a while, and then he came to me and said, okay, I've got a name, someone that we can bring in and talk to, someone that I think will be really great. So I'm going to now let her take it away. <laughs> um, so my name is Janae. Um, growing up, uh, my parents had uh, my brother and I in church every Sunday. We, um, the doors were open, there was classes available, we were there. So we um, attended Sunday school every Sunday morning, and I, I could tell you now, you know, the names of the Sunday school teachers that I had just growing up and, and a lot of the things that they taught me, um, both about the Bible and just about life in, in general. And so um, for me, church has always been a part of my life. And for me, um, my parents kind of instilled in us at a younger age just the importance of community and being, being with um, other believers um, and just having them to kind of have your back to lean on, like when we're at school and, and you're faced with something difficult. I, I know my friends from church that um, that could help me with a lot of those things. Uh, so growing up and uh, getting into middle school and then, and then into high school, I really started to develop more of a passion just, just for kids in general and just for helping them and being around them. And so um, as I entered into college, I um, majored in early childhood development with the hopes of going on to teach. Um, and so then it was within my senior year of college, or my senior year, my last year, I guess, of college that, um, well, I think it was Ben, actually, that came home one night to my mom and dad's house and said, hey, Pastor Dave wants to talk to you about something. <laughs> okay. So I had this meeting set up, and so I walked in, um, and it was there that he said, look, uh, 
I hear that you are going to school for uh, kids, and um, you know, I, I want you to think about this opportunity here at the church. You know, we've been discussing about bringing somebody else on uh, to help out with children's ministries here, and we we think you're you're it. So, um, yeah, from then on, it was kind of I was helping out at a couple other churches here and there, just with some of their other programming and stuff. And um, yeah, I just prayed about it, and really, this was a fantastic fit. And so that's kind of like how I got into here, and um, just kind of echoing a lot of the stuff that Carol had said. You know, just um, having children's ministries here available for the kids just as not just a way for them to to be involved with something else while we're all sitting in here but just as a chance for them to to gain their own community and to get their own friends um, that believe a lot of the same things that they do and um, just to have that foundation when they go into school and they go into their other activities they know you know those friends that they can come back to and that they can count on to help them through a lot of a lot of difficult things Good. I, I totally echo what they're saying, and our intention here is that it's not just learning about David and Goliath, but what does that story in Scripture, it was given to us for a reason, and just being able through our teaching and our classes to be able to help them to connect with what does that say about God and what does that say for me in my life. And so, so just help us, uh, I don't, either one of you, what does Sunday morning look like? in the faith factor. We do our thing here and there's like this whole thing going on over there. It's its own organism. What does it look like? What goes on? Just talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, so on Sunday mornings when parents come in and they bring their kids, uh, we have a check-in counter right there. Um, so one of the things that we've really been putting in place within the last few years is um, just kind of I guess beefing up security in a way. Um, just making sure that the kids are safe while they're over there. And so um, parents will check their kids in. They'll get a name tag. Um, and then a lot of them will just kind of walk right on up the ramp, and they know where they're going. They know the class that they're, that they're heading into. Um, a lot of the time you'll see in the classrooms before, you know, 9 o'clock really hits, they just kind of have free play. So it's a, time, it's a chance for them to, um, in any of the classrooms, just see what kind of activities are in the room, get to know some of the other kids, start kind of interacting with some of the other ones. Um, and then once, once we kind of get started at 9 o'clock, that's really our Sunday school hour. So we have... Um, a preschool class, which is broken down between uh, three and four-year-olds, and then a kindergarten, that's five-year-olds and kindergartners. Um, and then we have a first and second grade class, and then a third through fifth grade class. And so that's really um, our big chance to have, like, the small group uh, kind of aspect. And, and they have a lot that they uh, go through kind of in Sunday mornings, just growing and learning with each other, um, getting into Bible stories, but then also doing a lot of other uh, fun activities along the side that kind of reinforce a lot of what they're learning. Um, and then heading into 10.30 hour, uh, most of the kids kind of stay in their own room with the exception of our older elementary kids joining then our younger ones to be in the big room. Um, but that's really called our children's church hour. And they get, uh, they get a different teacher that comes in that second hour. And again, in between kind of services, so like between like the 10, 10.30 time is another chance for them to just kind of regroup, kind of let down, and all right, well, let's go see what else there is. Let's see what other friends might be coming in for this next service, um, and just kind of really hanging out with each other and um, just having another chance to have some free time. Um, and then once our children's church time starts up right there at 1030, uh, we're really 
kind of getting into more of like a, a worship setting. I know, especially for the elementary kids, you know, we begin our time with a time of worship. So a lot of dancing, a lot of singing, some running around the room. Um, but then we really start to get into like our lesson for the Sunday. And, um, and then again, you know, just those activities to really reinforce kind of the big picture of what we're what Well, here's we're actually a video we got. We ask a few of them what, it, what Children's Church is, uh, what, it, what it means for them. Carol talked to us. We not only, the Sunday morning's a big uh, priority for us with kids, but also Wednesday night. Just talk about that a little bit. Yes. Um, Wednesday night, we have a program for the kids. Again, they're divided by the three classes, preschool, kindergarten, and elementary. And um, the preschool and kindergarten classes are doing lessons based on the beginner's Bible. Um, it's a resource that they can have at home. The parents can read to them bedtime stories. Um, so we started using that last year, and it, it's worked out really well with the kids. They'll cover a few stories a night and then do activities um, based on that story. And then I do the, the elementary kids on Wednesday nights, and we kind of do a follow-up to our, our Sunday lesson to kind of reinforce um, the, the lesson and um, the ideas that we want the kids to learn from that. So Janae does it on Sunday mornings, and I do it on Wednesday nights. Um, so it's kind of just reinforced in the kids. Good. Also, throughout the year, um, we specifically target different events. Just talk to us about some of the stuff we do with kids throughout the year. One of my main responsibilities here is the um, large special events that we do for kids, um, which is a good fit for us because I love stuff like that. I love planning it and organizing it um, and getting it all ready. And, and Janae is... I like to show up. Yeah. <laughs> so we work well together. Um, VBS is one of the, the big events that we do. And it is another opportunity for us to share... Um, love of Jesus with the kids. We have 60 to 70 volunteers um, each night that week just pouring love into the kids, showing them that people care about them. They want them to learn about Jesus, and they want them to have fun while they're doing it. Um, so that's a really good time. And then on Thursday night of VBS, I get the chance with the elementary kids to present the gospel message to them. And I don't always know, like, what the fruit of that is, but that's okay because seeds are planted and some kids, they, it just clicks right away, and, and they get it, and that's a choice that they make. With other kids, you've you got to just keep telling them, just like with some adults. They have to hear it over and over again, and then um, one day that, that seed will start growing, and so that's why we do um, Vacation Bible School. The other big event that we do is Trunk and Treat. Um, I started this in 2007, so we're having our 10th year this year, um, as an alternative to traditional trick-or-treating. Now, some families I know, they have made the choice to, to not do anything for Halloween, and that's fine. That is their choice. But we have a lot of families in our community that still want to take their kids out trick-or-treating. 
So those are the families that we're ministering to. We want to give them an alternative. So instead of going up to scary decorated houses to get candy, they can come here. We have our parking lot filled with trunks by wonderful volunteers. Um, and those trunks, they have to represent a Bible story or a Bible verse. So the kids are still going around getting candy, but they're doing it in a Christian environment. They're, they're seeing little glimpses of Bible stories and um, the love of Jesus in that. After that, we invite the kids inside here to play some carnival games and win even more candy. Um, the reason we do that is we want, we want to get people in our doors. If we can get them to come in, kind of see the church, become a little familiar with it, um, maybe, hey, it's not such a scary place, or hey, they did some cool things with my kids, they might be more likely to come back on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night um, to check out what we do. So um, it's just a great opportunity that will be coming up soon. I will be um, recruiting trunk volunteers, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. I want to ask both of you, uh, before we kind of transition into to another program we do, but where, where do you see kids going from here? Just, just dream for us, Laura. Share a little bit of your dream. What do you, what do you, where do you see kids' ministry going from here? There are a lot of kids in our community that haven't been reached, that they don't go to any church on a Sunday morning. So those are the kids that we need to reach. We need to um, think of more creative programming. We need to come up with maybe some special events that we can do just, just to get the kids here. Um, we need to get our kids to talk to their friends at school about it. So they need to be comfortable in their relationship with Jesus to be able to share him with others. So I see us growing. I see us offering more and more things. I see um, just more families coming here just to check out what we have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, kind of expanding on, on some of what you said, Carol, um, just really being intentional with the time that we have with, with our kids here um, and really helping them to become brave in their faith and really um, allowing them to be bold in their faith to go to their other friends that maybe don't attend a church and, and just invite them, you know, step out in faith and invite them to come and, and see what it's all about here. Um, really just reaching a lot more of the kids in our community and maybe even surrounding communities. Um, just really taking the stuff that we do here out and then from that, you know, having more come in or just get interested in. Good. Yeah. It was a really big thing we do here. Um, we call it Upwards. Um, I think it was started in 03, right? We were talking about that this week. Uh, Upwards started in 03. Was it 34 kids? 34. Ki 34 kids. Four teams. Some of you that experience it now, you're like, what? How? did we play three on three or what? And that was like K through six, wasn't it? 34 kids and four teams. I believe last year we had almost 270 kids, um, 26 teams. Um, this has really become a huge ministry for us. I think we were talking about this, and I, 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 I think about this on Saturdays when we're here. I, I definitely think it's safe to say that there's more than 1,000 people that come through on a Saturday, every Saturday for eight weeks and then also the program. And so, Janae, just kind of share a little bit about, um, uh, you know, Upwards and where you see it going, and, and just give us a little bit of insight into Upwards. So our Upward program um, has, is and always has been faith first, and we are very unapologetic about that. We, um, with all that we do, it is um, always with the intention of, helping kids grow in their faith with God first and foremost. You know, the basketball and the cheerleading kind of come secondary, and, and that's kind of a fun outlet to be able to um, get together and to be able to learn more about Jesus and to learn more about the love that God has for us. Um, 
but like I said, it has always been first and foremost about, about faith and about that relationship. Um, so yeah, we, uh, kind of what, you, what it looks like if, if you're not familiar with the program is we start um, actually coming up here in October with um, registrations and, and signing up and then the kids will come in for a couple nights to do some evaluations. Um, so it's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> um, but they get evaluated, I guess you could say, on their skill. But then uh, really when the season starts, they have, they'll end up having one practice, one practice each week, so one night a week um, that they practice for a few weeks. We break then for Christmas, but then when games start, we start at the beginning of the year. So come January, we'll be starting with games. Um, and they're every Saturday for eight weeks. And um, so then the kids will have their practice throughout the night, and then they come back for the games. But really the structure of of the practices and the games in general are um, you come and you practice, but then there's always the time where you pause and, and you do a devotion with your coach and, um, and kind of get to hear some scripture um, and really get some time to grow more in your re relationship. Um, yeah, and then continue playing. This is an unbelievable chance for us to connect with our kids and our community. I want to ask you today, if you've been involved in Upwards, or if you have had a kid in Upwards, would you stand this morning right now? Wow, it's amazing. You know, over the years now, the 11, thank you, um, it's literally thousands of kids that we've been able to share Jesus' love, and this is why we do it. This is a lot of energy and effort and time. Um, but it's also a chance for people in our church to impact lives and make a difference and have an influence in kids. In fact, I think we have one coach that we want to sh share with yes. just a moment. Rob, would you um. come up? Rob's been coaching now for a number of years. Rob doesn't have uh, any kids that are upwards age, right? No. Not that we know of. I think I know the three he has, and they're not in upwards. But uh, Rob continues to just serve in this way. And um, Janae just wants to, we just want to chat with you for a minute about it. <laughs> All right. Um, so Rob, first, first I just want um, to know, how many years have you been involved with Upward? Um, if I coach this year, it'll be five years. That would be uh, first two years I coached with uh, my two adult children have helped me. Um, the first two years, my youngest son, Caleb, helped me. We coached the uh, second and third grade girls. Mm -hmm. And the last two years, um, my daughter Cassie has helped. And we've coached, actually, the last two years, the first year she helped me was with the second and third graders. And last year, we got coaxed into uh, <laughs> doing the uh, kindergarten yeah. first grade girls. Um, she talked me into it. Actually, she needed help, so <laughs> okay, I guess we'll do that um, so going back to your very first season, why did you decide to say yes to coaching an upward team? What made you want to do it? Um, actually, I don't think I was asked. I think it was a Sunday morning. It was announced that they needed help. Um, and honestly, I, I really didn't want to help. Um, it requires, I knew it required a sacrifice of time because I could see the things that Janae had to deal with, with upwards. And there's a lot, obviously you can see if there's over 200 children involved in the, I can only imagine, we just had three in our house and it was crazy most of the time. I can't imagine what it'd be like organizing that. So 
And first of all, I really didn't want to help, but I knew there was a need and there was an opportunity for me to serve. Um, I'm, I'm not a, a basketball expert by any stretch of the imagination, so it fit in well that they're faith-oriented. I guess we want to make sure the message is sent out more than basketball, so it was great for me. Skill wasn't necessary. So another reason why I asked Caleb and Cassie to help too, because they're much more knowledgeable in that than I am. Um, but maybe the biggest thing that I get out of it here and what made me want to be involved is um, I, I had no reason not to be. I mean, I had plenty of reasons why I didn't want to do it, but there was no reason really that was acceptable not to do it. A big thing was um, um, I, I just needed to do this. This was the right thing to do, I guess. So it was something that I enjoyed doing, spending time with the, the young kids too, especially the, long, the younger girls. They listen so much better than boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a very busy, very hectic season, but I have to say it's, it's my favorite season, I think, throughout the whole year. Um, what has your experience now been like? Uh, it, it's really been wonderful. Um, getting to know the girls on our team, at least I can speak from my experience, getting to know the girls on our team has been really good, getting to know their families. Um, and what they're like. Um, like I said before, um, the basketball skills, we teach them just the simple things, dribbling, shooting, passing, and things like that. Uh, but um, some of the other things that share with them, you know, God's love for them. And to kind of relate that with sports and basketball, um, you don't have to be the best dribbler. You don't have to be the best shooter. You don't have to score all the points. Um, but we make up a team. Um, the story that I've shared with them was um, when David went and battled Goliath. And granted, he had a lot of faith when he did that. But he reached down before he left, and he picked up five smooth stones. It required five stones. He, he was prepared. And on our team, there's five people on our team. We need every one of them. We don't know what day it's going to be where... We need you to reach down in that bag, and you're going to be the one pulled out, and you're going to be the one that's going to be, you know, out in the forefront. So it's important when you're called to serve, you need to step forward. Good. Um, and then my last question for you is, can you tell us a little bit about um, the growth that maybe you saw in the girls on your team? Uh, the growth that we've seen, I would say, in the girls on our team, one thing I'll use for example, a game that we play with the kids is called Knockout. Um, where every girl, they'll come up to a foul line, they'll shoot a basket, and then they're gonna hurry up. If they miss the basket, they gotta go up and make a layup real quick before the next girl shoots. And it's just kind of a, a real quick game. And we try to make it exciting by screaming and yelling. That seems to get them all pumped up and excited, <laughs> especially the kindergarten girls, the first grade girls really enjoyed doing that a lot. And it got the attention of the other teams. I would notice the other teams were watching us instead of watching their coaches while we were playing knockout. And what we ended up and did uh, this last year, my daughter and I decided what would be really cool is kind of like the Tour de France, they give you a yellow shirt when you win your event for that week or whatever it was. I don't follow the, the bikes a whole lot. But anyways, I thought the yellow shirt was a great idea. So we got a yellow shirt. So every time a girl at that week won the following week, when they came in, they got the yellow shirt as representative. They had won the previous week's knockout game. So it was a challenge for them this week I'm gonna win knockout. And the smaller girls, it always seems to be this way in the sports. It seems like the smaller ones are the competitive ones and they would get so pumped up and fired up that they didn't win. They couldn't wait till the following week so we could play knockout so they'd get that yellow shirt. <laughs> so 
what the exciting part about that was, it, it got them all involved, but also when you got knocked out, you had to go sit down on the side right away and not participate. But they would sit over there and yell and scream for the other girls that were still in it to win because they wanted to see them win. And that carried over into the games too. And we teach them also, this is life. There's gonna be times when you're not part of it, the game, but you're still on the sidelines as a representative of your team. And as a ministry in our church, you may not feel like you have skills. <clears throat> I know in myself personally, I don't have a ton of skills. I really don't. But maybe this is how God has called me into this ministry and upwards. Maybe not none of the girls are ever going to be great leaders or anything like that. But maybe by coming up here today, someone out here might have an opportunity to serve. And they think, you know what, I'll give that a try. And they may be the ones who speaks to someone. And they could be the next Billy Graham or Chip Bullock. You know, yeah. who knows? <laughs> Don't aspire it's to that. Possible. It's possible. That's disappointing. <laughs> okay, forget that. <laughs> Good. Thank you. You know, we just wanted to give you a, a snapshot into kids' ministry, honestly, today. Um, I think we ought to take a moment just to thank Janae and Carol for their work and their energy and their love for our kids. Can we do that just for a moment? When you, when you give to the church, part of that is absolutely uh, invested into our kids because we believe in it so much. And we want them, like they have said so beautifully, they want to, we want them to be bold in their faith. We want them to understand what God's trying to show them and teach them to, be, to have a strong foundation. Um, and so we just wanted to give you some exposure. Um, you know, Leo Tolstoy, um, famous author of, of uh, Yesterday, really a theologian that a lot of us read and, and love, he shared this story about, uh, it's a story of two old men. And it tells the story of two older men who are coming down to the end of their life. And uh, they had always dreamed about and wanted to take a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They wanted to experience Jerusalem and all that had happened there and all these faith sites for them and this special thing. And it's what they wanted to do to just... Uh, have an experience in their life and to fulfill something in their life. Toy Story tells about those two men leaving where they were at and walking toward Jerusalem. And um, they got a ways down the road and they came to a village and they knew when they got to the village that something wasn't quite right. They walked into a, a home, the first home, and uh, they, they found people that were sick, that were in need of help. And uh, one of the men was caught by that, and he actually told his friend, he said, man, you keep going, I'll catch up with you, uh, I'll, but I, I got to help these people right now. Instead of experiencing Jerusalem, he decided, you know what, there's a need right in front of me. And he started helping that couple, and it, it, it really he found out as he spent a little bit of time with them that there were a lot of people that were sick and afflicted in that village, a disease had come through. And so he just decided, you know what? I'm just going to stay until I've done all I can do. And he stayed, and he helped, and he worked. The other friend kept going, went to Jerusalem, experienced it, kind of wondered what happened to his buddy, didn't really, uh, uh, you know, didn't uh, 
and go back, but they both returned home after a, an, an amount of time, and they caught up with one another. And the one buddy asked, you know, what, what happened to you? Where'd you go? And he said, I, I just couldn't keep going. I couldn't move on until I had saw where all those needs, I, I, I could help meet all of those needs. And I'm reminded, um, there's probably a lot of things that we dream about, want to experience in our own lives. And there's a part of what is my purpose and what do I want to get from my time here. But I'm reminded that as Christ followers, as Jesus people, we really believe that the greatest fulfillment and the greatest experiences that we can have come when we see need around us and we serve those needs around us. I could march a lot of you up here today, talk to a lot of people, millions of people who have tapped into this, this incredible truth that life is truly experienced when it's lived for something outside of us. And that life just, it's like black and white TV and then color TV. And um, I just challenge you today with these two questions. Every week we're gonna ask you these two questions. I hope you, you uh, think about them as we go forward. One, um, do I know my spiritual gift? And two, am I using my spiritual gift? Because God has designed us and has given us these gifts so that we might truly tap into the purpose that we have on this earth. And in that we find the greatest fulfillment and the greatest, greatest joys that can ever be experienced. And so maybe as we've talked today about kids ministry, maybe kids ministry is where you are gifted and can serve and can influence and impact generations going forward. I can still name my Sunday school teachers. Isn't that crazy? I forget a lot of things, but I remember Sunday school teachers because it was such an influential part of my life. And so, think about these things. We are here to serve, to serve and this church's DNA has always been and it's going to continue to be and we're just looking to continue to see what that means more for us. We want to love our world for Jesus' sake. And that calls for us to serve our world. What is my spiritual gift? And how am I using it? Let's stand this morning. Father, as we go, Lord, we're so grateful for our kids' ministry here, Lord, um, just how you've blessed us with great staff and, and a mindset to uh, prioritize our kids' faith. So, Lord, just continue to um, uh, grow this and help us to dream, Lord, about what you can do. And, and, Lord, truly help us to create an environment where our kids are grounded in their faith and then even can become bold in their faith for you. Lord, the numbers are astounding. 
how many people continue to follow Jesus when they found him at a younger age. And so, Lord, that's what we want to see happen. Lord, this calls for a lot of energy, a lot of resources, a lot of time. But, Lord, I know your Holy Spirit is always faithful, and you've given so many people in this congregation gifts and abilities and talents that you are calling them to use. And, Lord, maybe today, as we've talked about kids' ministry, you're speaking to someone. If so, Lord, continue to show them how they can use this gift for your glory and for the good of, of so many people. Thank you for your grace and your love. You've changed our lives and you call us now to partner with you in extending this life-changing grace to others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Have a great, have a great day and have a great week.